Hi there, James here with a little contest announcement. If you follow us on Instagram, we will be reposting one of the pieces of art for the Psycho series drawn by friend of the show, James Gannon. If you would like to win a printed copy of your choice of the four pieces he drew, please participate in the following contest. In the comments below that post, tag a friend or friends who might like our show. The more people you tag, the more chances you have to win. But, and I'm serious, don't annoy all your friends. Only get, go after the people who might enjoy what we do. Social media is bad enough. We don't need to spam all your friends for us. We'll draw the name of the winner at random in one week's time. We're having a blast doing this show, but wouldn't mind growing our audience just a little bit in the new year. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to This May Hurt a Bit. My name is James Strayer and this is... John C. Myers. And we are a horror franchise podcast discussing each film in popular and not-so-popular franchises. And today we are discussing Pet Cemetery 2 from 1992, starring Edward Furlong, fresh off of Terminator 2 in his, in his discovery. This guy's been in like three movies around that era that I enjoyed, the other one being Brain Scan, which I <laughs> kind of can't get enough of. Uh, what, what, what's that villain's name? Is it's it The Trickster? Like the Trickster. I always yeah. said Creeper. I remember when we watched that movie for the first time, uh, I watched it with a friend of the show, Michael Holloway, and he goes, I think this movie's going to end with a cackle. And it sure did. <laughs> Trickster <Yep. laughs> tackled oh, yeah. on yeah. a freeze frame. But we're not talking about brain scan. Uh, we're talking about Pet Cemetery 2, the sequel to Pet Cemetery. And my goodness, a tonal change, oh, if yes. you will. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I can't remember. I, I, I feel like I ask you this all the time, but had you seen this one? Yes. Okay. This was, this was I had seen yes, both of the, your the pre-existing childhood. Ones. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I, uh, but me and a buddy of mine like really razzed this when we saw it, and I watch it again. I completely understand why. But uh, <laughs> I, I had a fun time watching it this time uh, around. I think it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's a little bit. I mean, this is going to go hand in hand with a movie called Pet Cemetery, but like. I don't know, man. Anytime a little kitten looks like it's in danger, uh-huh. didn't didn't so much like it. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, the bully character gets a little over the top and kind of pointless. You know, yeah. But they did keep in some of the the same themes of the first one, mm-hmm. although it's a little bit tamped down. But the most important thing is they kept from the first one is all the the bike chases. Oh, they of course. Kept those. Yeah. Yes, it, it, you know, it's it's very Stranger Things, right? Or, sure. oops, um, you know, flip that <laughs> around. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Fun fact about this one. Stephen King took his name off of this one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that had to have been tough for Mary Lambert, especially because it seems like they really enjoyed a good collaborative process on the first movie. But uh, boy, could you imagine getting the uh, the letter or the phone call that yeah. you know, one of America's greatest writers has decided to uh, disassociate himself from your work based on his yeah, material. I mean, he did the whole thing, like almost a, a Gene Siskel level thing where he was like, I read the script or as much of it as I could stand. And I don't, you know, I advise people who enjoy my work to not go see this. And yeah. It's like, all right, I mean, fair enough. You do, you know, you weren't like everyone should get mad at Mary Lambert. You know, it was just like, sure. this sucks. I'm not, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is like based on stuff that he's also written before, like, is this movie that bad compared to other Stephen King stuff? (laughs) You know, like thumbs up to the Langoliers, but this one, no thanks. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's not that like preposterous. 
it's maybe he just had like a little bit more of an emotional attachment to the first one because well, yeah, I mean, you I can see it's that. like, well, I did this already and now you're doing a worse version of it. I yeah, there you I go. I don't want this. You there know? you go. Yeah. But we open on uh, some great shots of a cemetery. It's it's very much like kind of hammer horror. And then you mm-hmm. realize that you're literally looking at a movie set. I don't know about you, but like, do you tend to like movies about making movies? It depends or on that in that context, especially yeah, horror, yeah. you know, yeah, it depends was this. This one I was I was I thought I got a kick out of because it was very like, wait a minute. I'm, is this Tales from the Crypt or something? Exactly. But, um, yeah. yeah. This, but it also, I think, sets up the tone for this whole movie where it is this kind of more gothic, you know, classic kind of horror mm-hmm. that like clearly that we're not doing what was done before. So sure. Get, just get ready for that. Yeah, it's, and it kind of shows off a little bit of the uh, artifice, if you will, of the rest of it, you know? Yeah, totally. We're, we're ditching the folk horror of the first one and going into this weird, you know, hammer horror over the top type mm-hmm. of thing. I did really enjoy the water dripping on the equipment because I j- that sets off the accident just because it gave me Final Destination flashbacks Absolutely, immediately. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was just well, like waiting for something to go wrong. I, I think you know perhaps we're a little bit spoiled by that because it's it's very immediate what happens because she's mm-hmm. it's it's this uh, set. Yeah, the, this actress Renee Hallow is is performing and she's there with her with her young son Jeff. Mm-hmm. played by Edward Furlong and uh, they're in between takes and water spilling everywhere for some reason. Like I didn't <laughs> really understand. I guess the, 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 the basement she's going into is supposed to be flooded or something oh, like that. Yeah. I don't fully understand. And there was some, there's some electrical problem that happens and she ends up getting uh, electrocuted mm-hmm. and her face like melts against the bar. Yeah. She does say ridiculous. like for no reason, not that you need a reason to tell, mm-hmm. you know, a family member that you love them, but it's not prompted by anything, but she does say, Jeff, I love you. You know, that's just not going to end well. If somebody yeah, says yeah, yeah. that in the beginning of a horror film, yeah. I, I did enjoy that the, the movie was called castle of terror and I would absolutely watch that movie in a heartbeat. So oh, totally. I'd like to see castle of terror myself. Yeah, no, no question. It's, it's laid out that she and her husband are divorced or are splitting up right. mm-hmm. and Edward Furlong, Jeff Matthews wants, uh, wants them to get back together. But, uh, no, that's not going to happen because she gets electrocuted on set. So that, that already happens. You watch this guy, his mom dies right in front of him. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately goes to his dad, cuts to his dad, who is putting an animal to sleep. Like, <laughs> what a cut. Yeah. What a cut. <laughs> He's consoling this family. That's like, mm-hmm. no, it's just this, she had a long life. This is the right thing to do. And right. Just euthanizing a dog. Yeah. Well, man, right out of the gate movie. <laughs> yeah. Then it cuts to a uh, funeral scene that is uh, pretty crowded. There's even, reporters there but so i guess you know this woman was of some fame i guess i really wanted stephen king to be there presiding over the funeral as in the previous one but no dice no no dice gotta get dean coons for this one clancy brown rolls up as the sheriff and i just immediately love him i mean Mm -hmm. i i watched this maybe for the first time like three years ago or so when i think of this movie it's just clancy brown yeah Uh, you know so here's his entrance Love him to death. We noticed that uh, Edward Furlong and his dad, what's his dad's name? Like Chase or something dumb? Chase. Chase. Ugh. So Chase and Jeff. dorks <laughs> um, are are moving in the and, and the movers are moving uh, all the mom's clothes and belongings up to the attic <sighs> and a housekeeper shows up just like in the first movie and it made me think of guess I'll never be lucky. Hell, I ain't married anyone. And so I'm immediately like, okay, so everybody who moves into this neighborhood gets a, a wacky housekeeper lady. Yeah. She's all starry-eyed, and she loves the idea of the clothes that the mom owned. And a dress falls out, and she's already just very strange about the mom. Yeah, well, she's just kind of strange in general. Like She shows up, mm-hmm. and she kind of looks like the mom, but younger and hotter. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, like that's there's a lot to unpack there because because Chase is immediately like uh, you don't look like you sounded on the phone. What did she sound like yeah, on the phone? Right. Like I want to be your housekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> Does she have a dowdy voice? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah, she shows up and she's just immediately just fascinated by the by these clothes that get tipped over, like yeah. pulling them out. Like, oh, this is beautiful. Those are not your. What are you no. doing? Yeah, <laughs> I guess to, to be. You, yeah, you automatically get assigned a housekeeper, and that housekeeper is a different kind of insane. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and, and Edward Edward Norton, Jeff Matthews is already like, no, nah, I don't like this person. This is <laughs> Edward weird. Edward Norton. <laughs> yeah, 
What did I say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Edward Furlong. Yeah. Edward Furlong had a lot of opinions on the edit of this movie, much like Edward Norton. <laughs> they had to just, lock him out of the just edit suite. muscled yeah. his way into the edit bay. <laughs> Father and son uh, show up in an abandoned vet uh, hospital, and Edward explores, and he gets pounced on by a kitten. Chase, the dad, is like kind of on the fence about letting him have a kitten, but of course he says yes, all that kind of stuff. Well, um, I, I like that that fake out because it is like so much like the first one. Dad is in town; he's the new doctor in town, but he's a vet. Right there, you okay. go. So yeah. you get more more animal stuff, but then mm-hmm. uh, but then they go. There's like something's going on in the back. They go, and a cat pounces at him, and so you're like, oh. Evil yep. cat back again. Nope, it's a nice cat. It's, it's just guarding nice its kittens. kittens. Mm-hmm. Clancy Brown's son Drew brings in this like uh, pretty beautiful like husky to get checked out by by Chase. At this point, Clancy Brown takes it upon himself to mention to Edward Furlong that his mom and him used to be sweethearts. Prom, homecoming, whole nine yards. Right in front of our, our meek little vet named Chase here. Yeah. It's kind of strange because I don't think that ever comes up again. It just seems really thrown in. I think it's supposed to give motivation for him digging her up later. Oh, um, that makes sense. But yeah, it just is this weird like flexing. I mean, it sets up that he's an asshole because Gus is right. a uh, Clancy Brown. is uh, a huge asshole on this that he's just mm-hmm. like yeah your mom and i used to be sweethearts and like it, he could have ended it there but he's like yeah prom king you know, prom all yep, of the homecoming yep. the whole nine yards and like <laughs> then he makes eye contact with the dad he's like well i said too much yeah sorry <laughs> right just telling your kid how i banged his mom <laughs> right sorry. I, was, I was there first um <laughs> <laughs> jeff goes to his first day of school and for some dumb reason he takes the kitten yeah that yeah i i I mean, I'm always on the side of the weirdos forever, but just don't take your cat to school. Don't and take I'm the not cat. saying he immediately, I'm not saying he uh, deserves to be bullied, but you know, don't take your cat to school. Well, what's amazing about this, you, you've already heard a little bit of it, but man, the soundtrack for this movie really kicks in here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I guess initially, Mary Lambert wanted just a straight up electric guitar soundtrack. That mm-hmm. was it. Almost like Dead Man, where it was like oh, Neil Young yeah. just flipping around the guitar. But just nothing but that, uh, just making noise with the electric guitar in the studio went absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, but it is this very like grunge uh, style like there's an L7 song on there that really I had thought about in years. <laughs> totally. But it's just ridiculous. And it, it made me think a little bit of Pumpkinhead 2 in that the first one of, the, of these is we know it's a town. We know it's at the town Ludlow because he's there to be, Lewis is there to be the doctor, but it's right. this isolated. Like here are the two houses this is happening at. Yeah. And so to all of a sudden have it be like, Oh, and there's this town mm-hmm. uh, with like this, these like young high school or oh, you know, yeah. kids, whatever just felt a little bit like, Oh, right. Yeah. There's other people involved in this. Sure. We're not out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Yeah. Cause I noticed also like almost right away that the trucks are gone. There's like no mention of the trucks. They don't show oh, up. She was, I didn't all, even yeah, think about that. The heartbeat of the first movie. They, you know, Come right. On. That's interesting. I wonder if that was a conscious choice. Yeah. I mean, or maybe it was a rights issue. <laughs> like you can use the name, but not my trucks. My, my trucks. I've got plans for trucks later on. <laughs> yeah, I've got some big ideas. <laughs> I'm directing that one, he says. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, but he takes his cat to school and immediately gets gets bullied from it. The bully, uh, Clyde, played by uh, Jared Rushton, who was like bugging me what I knew him from. And it was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, I had the yeah. exact same. Yeah. Yeah. It's taken me forever. But what I love is there the bully routinely is bullying him about his dead mom. I know. Sorry about your mom, huh? Ever said it was pretty gross, you know, getting fried like that. It's so unbelievably cruel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like what your mom just cook up. Right. Like, oh. Kids are mean, I guess. Clyde takes the kitten and runs to his own bike and we have this kind of like meaningless bike chase uh, they bike they do bike past a house with a mailbox that reads creed of mm-hmm. course and you know we've got a real stephen king bully scene here just reminds me of you know it and stuff like right. that sometimes they come back all yeah that stuff. the yeah. group of bullies beat up jeff but they know about the pet cemetery which is I'm always interested in movies like this. Like, is it a pumpkin head type thing of like, is it local lore? Do, yeah. Does everybody kind of know about this? <laughs> That's a long way from just like, you know, Judd just knowing about it, which is yeah. kind of strange to me. Well, they, they kind of bring it up later because um, like this, this grave digger later is like, I swear this is a, 
weirdest thing that's happened since Lewis Creed dug up his boy. And it's like, yeah, either this town is never going to talk about that, right. or that is all they're going to talk about. <laughs> I mean, and I think I it's the latter. It I think it was just, yeah, people were like, Did you, this is crazy what happened here. And so they're <laughs> right. always going to be talking about the Creed murders. For sure. Jeff finds the path to the pet cemetery, and he finds the cat in the cemetery. Uh, Drew is there, and he says right there that he wishes uh, Gus or Clancy Brown might die. Well, so. before like the the cat's alive. Oh <laughs> like, yes, I should mention that. Yes, <laughs> the cat is alive because it's it's a kitten, and it's a kitten named Tiger that looked like my old cat Tiger. Oh. So I was like, you you don't touch him. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, no, they just faked him out. They just because they tell him that that the, the cat's head got stuck in its spokes. Right. Yes. You shouldn't laugh. That's just so ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. that's something that happens in a Fulci movie. Right. Uh, right. So they were just they were just messing with him, and, and yeah, Drew shows up. Edward Norton is like, yeah, you're never ready. Fuck, I did again. Edward Furlong. <laughs> Is like, you know, you never know when you're, you, know, you can't get over when your when your family dies. Mm-hmm. He was like, I wish, I wish Gus would die. And I like that, it, that his response is, you shouldn't say that about your parents, not even your dad. The way he said, it, it's not like even your dad. It's just yeah. even your dad. Just like, overall, <laughs> your family <laughs> yeah. plus the dad. Right. No, no one is good yeah. uh, to, to say that about. <laughs> um. Cut to Gus. He's fixing up his rabbit warren with electrical fencing, which seems a little overkill, but I'm not questioning Clancy Brown. Um, (laughs) Cut to the father at the house and the housekeeper who is all done up and she's really doting on him. And just out of nowhere, uh, just Edward Furlong just says, you're not my mother. Which, Mm -hmm. you know, classic teenage boy line from a movie like this. But it seemed it seemed like extra out of nowhere for some reason. But I guess if they're really trying to hit the hammer on the head about her, like becoming his mother, just through the dress and stuff, which just never made sense until the very, very end. Yeah. Even that just still didn't work for me, really. It's really a reach. It feels like there's a lot of movie that's like, here's some themes if you really want to think about it. But we're not going to. Yeah. Because like, here's sort of the setup for some stuff. Because you could you could make a whole argument argument about this being a companion piece almost a phantasm where it's about a young boy trying to deal with death a 13 year old boy yeah dealing with death and grief and loss and like oh here's someone trying to replace his mom but that's like that's the beginning and the end of their relationship is that scene that's it um and then like what that could mean uh because then like basically everyone around him with the exception of drew is a pretty shitty guy i mean his dad is is kind of not, he's not a bad guy, but he's not very present. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit more energetic than, than Lewis, but, but not by much. Yeah. Um, and like, there's all these interesting threads that can be pulled there, but they just went, no, no, let's just get goofy with it. Yes. Uh, yeah. instead. And I don't, I don't hate the choice. I was, yeah, was going to say, <laughs> I kind of like the goofy, but, but it does feel there are parts of this that feel like later silent night, deadly nights, or just oh, like, at least sure. like, like that straight to video kind of mm-hmm. like just, Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing this. Right. We're doing another dream sequence. You haven't yes. had, we've had three already. Yeah, we're doing one more. Doesn't R- matter. Right. Fine. Yeah. Flash to Gus's house. He's sitting down to eat dinner. Uh, Gus tries to talk to Drew, uh, tells him not to eat so much. Uh, cut back to Jeff watching TV, asking his father if mom and him uh, would have gotten back together. So we're getting kind of like between the two households, what their evenings are like. Well, I also like because I think it's I think it's here where you first where you see the first bit of whatever movie they keep going back to uh, to, to oh, watch his mom in. And it's yeah. something where like she's getting roughed up by some mobster. Mm hmm. Where's your boyfriend? I don't know. Don't lie to me. Jeff. He's terrorized. The monster's like terrorizing her. She's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And then like, I think he slaps her. Yeah. Later, when when uh, Anthony Edwards Chase is watching the same thing, it's that. Plus, she gets shot, and it's like this yeah. is the one movie that you <laughs> like. <laughs> right. The movie is her getting crushed by a piano and standing up, and her key, <laughs> the keys, keys are her teeth, and they're like she's right. so beautiful. Right. I want to remember her just like this. It was just really funny, like the way it's cut, particularly when Anthony Edwards is watching it. It's just like every time it cuts back, something worse is happening. To yeah, her. exactly. Yeah, I wonder if that was like on purpose or if they were just like ah she's a b-movie actress mm-hmm. and these are the kind of roles that she took and and that kind of stuff or like she's she's like a jim carrey kind of thing like it's her talking out of her butt and they're like totally she was good she was so she, good she, she was, was good she could talk out of her butt like no one's business <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, Clancy Brown and uh, the mom, he gets interrupted. The dr- The dog is trying to get into the rabbit den. So he just goes out and shoots the dog. Yeah. So now we all hate him. Yeah. Clancy Brown is already at this point. Like he's he's this overbearing father to his son. He's apparently stepdad. Like he's the new dad in town. Right. Well, he's yeah. not the dad. He's not the stepdad. He's the dad that stepped up. And right. he uh, <laughs> is trying to be the disciplinarian and like, yeah, telling Drew, like, you're eating too much and mm-hmm. don't don't look at the TV. You know, don't have oh, the TV right. on while we're having dinner. I told you to keep the dog outside. All stuff. And it's like, it's like, okay, well, he's stern, but like, and he, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're telling, you're calling your kid fat. That sucks. Yeah. But it's like, okay, it's nothing out of the realm of whatever. But then as soon as he, he and the mom are, are trying to, to have the maritals yeah. and then the, the dog activates the electric fence and he's like, Oh, I've had it and goes out and just murders the dog. Ugh, and it, and yeah. you get like, <laughs> like it shoots it and it like runs off and Drew goes and following it. And of course they get to basically like the pet cemetery. Right. And the yeah. dog is dying in there. It's like, they have this big metal, not metal, yep. but you know, this electric guitar, like totally. the song is something about fading away. And it's like, yeah. man, this is, they don't make them like this anymore. It's very nineties. Yes. Yes. And it, you know, yeah, so the the boys take the husky up to the pet cemetery, and then Drew does know there's a place beyond the pet yeah. cemetery that's even better. And I I can't remember if he says it's a Micmac burial ground he, or not. I, I, don't I think, think he, he, I don't think he names them. I think it's just Indian, right? You know, yeah, to use the the nomenclature of the time. Of the time, yeah. For for the kind of movie this is, for for being a little bit more sort of wild and woolly, I kind of like that this is like, well, I heard this is the case. Let's go try it out. Oh my mm-hmm. god, it works. And yeah. I was thinking about like why that bo- why that didn't bother me as much in this one as it did, where I was looking for a much more of a sort of cohesive element mm-hmm. in the first one. And I think it is just because the movie is clearly like you're not going to get any of that here. Like, what are, you, sure. what are you doing? Like, it's kind of set up. Like, this is just going to be kind of a, a sillier thing uh, to a degree. Well, it's also, I, I I, almost, I feel like it's more believable for two teenage boys to think that this might work than a yeah. wizened old man. And yeah, so yeah. if it's just the two teenage boys, like, didn't you hear? You you bury your dead dog back here and he comes back to life. Yeah, I think because the first one's a little bit more grounded, there's weight to it, whereas this mm-hmm. one just this doesn't really have that. So it's more yeah. like, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean, we can get into later, well, like how the, the dead react later. But right. yeah, so they go up there to to bury the dog. It, the path doesn't seem as treacherous this time around. It oh, kind of right. Like, That's true. We're just going to get there. No Wendigo. <laughs> no, it's certainly no Wendigo. And then mm-hmm. Drew's like, you have to bury your own. That's the way the Indians did it. And again, yeah. it's this thing that's like, sure. It's yeah. some like lore that just this 13 year old is saying it doesn't yeah. really matter. Well, that right. just means that a Furlong can just sit there and uh, look pensive. You know, right, just yeah. stare off into the distance. He's, I, I will say this, like he's, because I think the last Edward Furlong movie I watched was that Crow movie. That, oh, that yeah. Did. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Uh, David Borney has, how dare you? But he's like, he's really good at like selling anguish. Yeah. On, on his face. He looks like yeah. a very troubled kid mm-hmm. in, the, in this movie several times. Uh, but yeah, but they, they bury the dog. And he's like, if if this doesn't work, don't say anything to anyone that we I, did this. I kind of like that little touch, too. Yeah. That's absolutely what teenage boys would say to each other. <laughs> just like, please don't say that I tried to bring my dog back to yeah, life. That I believe in this crap. Works. Just don't. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to be way, way worse. Drew's folks uh, get mad at him, lying that he buried his dog. And then we see the dog for the first time. Definitely looks a little nasty. Um, he's got like kind of glowing eyes, matted yeah. hair, that kind of thing. Uh, looks pretty cool, really. Uh, yeah, it looks great, but it's but it's kind of funny that the family's like, yeah, no, I just like got got matted blood on him and whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. That's hey, dogs will be dogs. That's the I way mean, it goes, I guess. Granted, it's out in the country, and maybe they get into stuff a little bit easier. But I would be shocked if my dog came back looking like that. Yeah, they they made a point in the first one to call out the how bad church smelled. Yes, exactly. And that like that's just not even a thing in this. That, right. Uh, you know, because the church wasn't dead that long when they when they put him in the ground, so it couldn't just be like, well, he was you know dead long enough that he stank. Started riding. Yeah. They call Chase the vet who comes and picks him up in his pet ambulance. And it's kind of sad just watching him go away with a with a hurt dog in the back of it. Yeah. So in this movie, you've got your either like 90s grunge tracks or there's a ton of this kind of like neo-folk goth music playing uh-huh. throughout it. It's very like kind of current 93 or Michael Cashmore type of stuff. And I kind of dig it a lot because got a lot of that kind of records. <laughs> there was one that like the opening noodling on the guitar sounded like the intro to the song from M.A.S.H.
Oh yeah. Um, Suicide is painless. Every time I would hear, yeah. Every time yeah. I would hear that start, I was just like, doo, doo. yeah, but <laughs> right. No, it wasn't. Let um, me down movie by not being the theme for man. Not going to be Hawkeye. I did like this next bit when they're at the veterinary office. Uh, the dog doesn't have a heartbeat. Right. And he has yellow eyes. They, so they lock him in this cage, but I, I, I feel like they brushed over it pretty quickly. Just like, oh, I can't feel a heartbeat in this dog. But yeah. I find it eerie and interesting, and I, yeah, I like, like huh, that aspect. That's weird. And then, like, yeah, when they take the blood, like a bunch of blood comes shooting oh, out. out. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a lot gorier than the first one for sure. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, especially when it comes to animals, which is a little yeah. harder to watch sometimes. I do think, just in general, in in this one, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but Mary Lambert's music video background seems like it plays a lot heavier in this. Oh, just I the can way see like that. scenes are kind of put together and and whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it's a lot more stylish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but like so you you have this dog that is just yeah, there's no heartbeat. <laughs> and the vet's like, well, I guess that happens sometimes. Right. I'll worry about it later. Yeah. <laughs> is it the stethoscope? Is it my yeah. instruments? I don't know. Cut to a uh, a great Halloween mask uh close up. So we we discovered this movie takes place at Halloween. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, maybe well, I forgot. Yeah, I like how it goes from like the dog to the dog face exactly yeah i always like a horror movie that's set during halloween it just gives it that kind of like fall atmosphere but Mm -hmm. i feel like they don't really talk about it being halloween except for like this party i think and just like the kid putting on his the one costume and you know they kind of brush over it pretty quickly that's basically yeah it's just like a little set piece you think like oh this is where stuff's gonna really go off because it's halloween and and not really um it sort of does it kicks off the 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 plot of the movie really because the two boys are are gonna go to i guess it's it's a thing for the young people to go hang out at the pet cemetery Mm -hmm. and edward furlong in like a basically a jason costume it's like jason cross with michael myers because he's wearing like a like a jumpsuit jumpsuit right Mm-hmm. Then the mask and then uh, uh, Drew is Dracula. You get a little moment with Drew and his and his mom where Drew wants, you know, she wants them to get along. Yeah. Uh, him and Gus. And mm-hmm. Drew's trying to be nice about it. Uh, I, I liked I liked Drew a lot. Uh, that, uh, yeah. And I guess that actor, Jason McGuire, was kind of like super nervous because he never really done a movie before. But like Edward Furlong and him like got along really well. But oh, I liked him. I thought I thought it was mm-hmm. good. So they go to this this party and it immediately when they get this pet cemetery, it's a little creepy. And then Edward Furlong sees his mom, who's like glides down at him. And no, it's the bullies threw a dummy. <laughs> Look like his mom at him. <laughs> Jesus. What the fuck? Yeah. That is psychotic. Just up a level of yeah. torment, you know? And then he hangs out. Like, I, why would you be like, yeah. Right. Like, it's like, that's my mom. I'll bring him around. I'll be friends with him eventually. If we can yeah. just get over this, like, making fun of my dead mom thing, you know, we can all get along, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> which I to- which I myself am totally over and not don't have a problem with it at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, she's um, still like, like they're like, oh, 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 and then that scene's done. And the next yeah. thing you know, they're sitting around a campfire telling stories. Right. I'm like, why would you continue to hang out with that guy? But teenagers are dumb and weird. So. Yeah, yeah. Clyde does start telling the story of Pet Cemetery 1, and he mentions Ellie escaping, which, of course, yeah. I was just like, that's what Mary Lambert wanted to do, is make a story about Ellie. And it's so funny is that the, the studio was like, no one's going to watch a movie about a teenage girl. Yeah. Like, we can't sell that as a lead. And it's like, that's what it is now. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. It's the protagonist of everything. <laughs> right. So show us how much you know, dummy. Mm-hmm. Party gets busted up by Gus. Uh, the the poor kid with the best costume gets busted. Uh, I believe I meant Drew right there because I loved his costume so much. Yeah, well, um, he gets he gets busted because uh, Gus comes home. He's out of smokes and gets some oh, more smokes. Yeah. And the mom is covering for him. Mm-hmm. She wants to get along, but she's like, you know, oh, I don't want to be the disciplinarian. That you know, I love right. my son. She's trying to cover for him, and he finds out that yeah, she let him go to this party, and mm-hmm. he's pissed, and so he goes to find her. And right. As a result bust up the entire shindig thanks for screwing up our halloween dumb shit and then gets his throat torn out by a dog <laughs> yeah at, at at the end of that scene so yes not, not just any dog a zowie the, yes the, zowie the the back from the dead dog ends up uh, tearing the throat out of gus in a uh, i think he just kind of like falls over or something like that he trips running after one of the kids or kind of like yeah and it, yeah. And it, it, it goes for his throat and he's like and they don't help him because right. you know, that's scary. Why would you? Right. But I love in total like dumb teenage boy logic. They're just like, we have to bury him. Yeah. Like we, we can get him back. Like yeah. this is fine. This, we, we can fix this. It'll mm-hmm. be fine. Uh, yeah. Your dog's insane and just yes. killed the, killed <laughs> your stepdad. But 
I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be different next time. Constantly. Yeah. And they, they, they bury him and they're, they're out all night doing that. The next day when he, when he comes home, Drew's mom is, is yelling at him. God, what happened to you? Nothing happened, mom. We just ditched Gus. That's all. Wink. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yep. I get it. I get it. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, and then Anthony Edwards is pissed at, at uh, Edward Furlong for being out so late. And, like, their relationship <laughs> is, is very strange to me because, like, they don't, there's not a lot of communication between the two of them. Or, like, at one point, he's like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. And, and Furlong's like, mm. and then mm-hmm. that's about it. You know? Right. Otherwise, he's pretty kind of aloof about the whole thing. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, I, was, I said something like, um, I don't know. The older I get, the more I understand scenes like this where the father is just like, you can't just stay out all night, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know if yeah. I had a kid that was coming home at like eight in the morning, I'd be like, you got some explaining to do. You know? <laughs> what the you know? Have you been burying cops in a pet cemetery again? You know, I did um, that once. I, I uh, was just hanging out at a friend's house. It was a party. It was, it was all innocent thing. Like no one was drinking or anything, but we were all hanging out. It was late enough. And I'm like, you know what I'll do? We had a teen line. Uh, you know, back in the day before like cell whatever. And I called my sister and I was like, could you leave a note and let him know I'm just going to stay the night at Neil's or, you know, whatever. Yeah. She didn't. And then the next day when I got, when I woke up and I got, like, I got home, my parents were like waiting in the kitchen for me, all pissed off. I was like, Hey, I, I called it. I called my sister. Oh <laughs> and, no. And so she just got in trouble. No. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Edward Furlong, uh, goes to sleep. There's a, uh, Jason mask off to the side prominently shown Mm -hmm. and there's this fantastic shot of clancy brown like cackling as he walks by the window that's why he cast this man i forget has he already had the dream sequence with his mom Um, there's a a bunch because there's one where his like he imagines his his mom like sitting in the uh in, in the, the rocking, rocking chair. chair. And then yeah. her head turns into the dog's head. So it must right. be after they, they bury the dog yeah. into the dog head. And then there's this really cool uh, shot of the bed. He's like at, like trying to reach for her while crawling across the bed. And the bed just goes flying backwards. That was cool. And that was, yeah. that was a very like music video-y kind of, kind there of shot. There you go. Yeah. Um, I think the dog-headed mom that shows up several times is very, very silly looking. Absolutely. But yeah, there's, there's a, a bunch of, of uh, dream sequences in this. And it's very funny that, I guess it's the Jason mask, so so not exactly, but I feel like the dead in this, as we'll soon discover, are much more, like Clancy Brown's Gus is much more of a, like a slasher villain than mm-hmm. in the first one. Like, there's a little bit more to it than that, because it seems like he's sort of figuring out how to live again and... There were elements of it that honestly reminded me of of Bob Clark's Death Dream uh, in that regard. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. really good. Highly recommended. About a kid who gets killed in in Vietnam. His parents are like really upset about it. They're like, no, no, he's not dead. He's not dead. And then he shows up at their door one day. Yeah. Really, really good. Director of Black Christmas. So it's, it's, Mm -hmm. and I think. And Christmas Story. And Christmas Story. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking of. Mm hmm. Um, cause he, so yeah, Gus comes back, but like, he's not like gauge. He's not immediately like, like this evil sorcerer right out of the gate. Right. And he he's doesn't not, have like powers like gauge right. did. And he's not a lumbering zombie the same way that the other guy was in this in right. story that Judd tells in the first one. He's, he's still acting like he's, that everything's normal and fine. Mm-hmm. And it, it eventually like, kind of dawns on him. They're like, Oh wait, I'm dead. <laughs> Yeah, I can do whatever. Like he just kind of lumbers around acting drunk almost. It's mm-hmm. just like he he's just regular old Gus, but like maybe well, you know, several beers deep. It's right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, he he does try to cover up a wound with a bandage, uh, which is kind of funny because it's this big gaping wound and he's trying yeah. to like cover it up. He just says that like he's cold. Uh, his wife says he smells bad, I think. There's a little nod to the smell there. Yeah. And then he basically just assaults his wife <laughs> in, yeah. in bed. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little, that was a little rough to watch. They, they mm-hmm. went right to that. Um, yeah. So to- like totally because it's been kind of silly or whatever. Then it's like, oh, well, that's. That's much right. less so. Yeah, exactly. Cut to Chase the vet. Well, at, at this point, Chase has is getting a call back about this. Uh, oh, the, the blood lab sample. results. He, yeah, he yes. sent out this, this blood sample. And the guy, the vet on the other end is like, ha, 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 you sent me a dead animal's blood. Why would you do that? Right. And all the time yeah. he's, him, he's like sawing open another dog's exactly, head. Exactly, yes. Good God. <laughs> Again, just like pointlessly <laughs> gory, but I love it. Right. It's like, oh, you know what? I'm just, I got to do this, this brainiotomy on this dog. <laughs> Let me just get a, I'll, I'll just multitask here. Get a phone call in. You took over for uh, Yolanda, right? Well, the last guy that sent me dead animal blood was Yolanda. Yeah. So go talk to him, you jackass. Right. Meanwhile, there's like two small girls 
two, two little twins. Barbara Cam- Cramptons. Yeah, that's what like, I thought they looked yeah, like. Bar- Barbara Crampton was the Shining Twins. <laughs> yes, there you go. Um, <laughs> but they, with their mom, like, oh, well, we're here to pick up some. You know, you still have the kittens. We want to go see kittens. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Go. We're there in the back. Go check it out. And little kids go back, start losing their minds because Zowie, the dog, has gotten out and it just butchered the cats yeah just butchered all the Oof. kittens and fortunately it done off screen right with that information of this animal's dead and you know, chase is like no he's not i've seen him up and around I'm like no he's totally dead and then oh my god you murdered all these kittens and has gotten out right chase is on the hunt right looking for zowie cut to a a guy stuffing dead pets uh, yes taxidermy as yes. we call it. This, if you were to ask me about Pet Cemetery 2, this is the first shot that comes into my head. Oh, funny. With is the little the, eyes. Yeah, because you see this like this pug that he's looking at as yes. like, a, like almost like a Rottweiler thing. I don't, I don't know what it is. This dog is like, you would look better with blue eyes. And he just punches the eyes out of the head yes. like from the back. So the eye just bulges out. Right. And it's very, if you're not ready for it, it's very upsetting. because Exactly. looks like a real dog. Yeah, um, you don't know that it's a uh, uh, a dead dog being taxidermied. Yeah, stuffed dog. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. it technically it is or it was a real dog. But right. yeah, it's uh, that is Quentin Yolander, the, the former doctor of Ludlow. Chase yep. comes to talk to him about what's been going on. Uh-huh. And he just wants to be left alone, but eventually, like, let's chase in. Chase does this whole thing, and, like, he brings up, he brings up, like, oh, yeah, no, that, I did the same thing. They, they called the cat church. And I'm right. like, well, okay, this is retconning, because at no point in the first one did they ever take the cat to the vet. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Yeah. So he yeah. would have no, I mean, unless maybe in the book, I don't remember, but. Oh, wait, no. Uh they were packing church up once because he was going to go get fixed. He was going to go get fixed. But like so, at that point, he was still alive. He wasn't He wasn't dead yet because they were going to oh, get him fixed. Oh, I so see what you're saying. So he didn't wander gotcha. to not get hit by the car. But okay. Yeah, you're still going to, like the first one, it's like even if your desires are taken away from you, you're still going to still gonna pursue him for whatever right. reason. But uh, yeah, so that's just, they added this, that no, 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 this guy's kind of familiar with it. The whole town sort of knows what's going on. Or yeah. That he found the cat later when it was dead and was like, oh. This cat's dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yolanda is just like pissed about it. Like he's just a grumpy old man. Right. Yeah. It does set chase on this. Okay, this is something bad. It's is going backed on. up by somebody yeah. else. You know, yeah. they're, they're not going crazy. There's something going on. There's something afoot. Clancy Brown is now uh, gutting a rabbit and we get him just kind of full on nuts. And this yeah. is why you cast Clancy Brown. You know, yeah, it seems like just, this. He's just tearing apart his Warren. Yep. And and skinning all the rabbits to to L7 shit list. Yeah. Uh, which is great. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing too because I think before that when they're um they're hanging out Drew and Edward Furlong are are hanging out and the Drew's like he even kind of smiles like you forgot he hates me. And then you know what he does? He serves me an extra helping of pancakes. I asked him if I was still grounded. No. I asked him if he could stay over tonight. And, and he nuts. Jeff, nice kid, because he's like, yeah, I totally want to go spend the night at your house with your awful dad. Yeah, exactly. That would be a thing I would love to do. Right. <laughs> uh, but still, but still does. And they go, they watch, <laughs> they watch him just skin a bunch of rabbits. Yep. Which is very funny earlier when we see him with the rabbits that he's like watching two rabbits fuck. And he's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah exactly. Is cool. Right. I can't wait to do that with my wife. <laughs> right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so they watch him do that. And then uh, you get this fantastic dinner scene. Yeah. Clancy Brown, this, this whole time is just like staring at Edward Furlong just and just chewing. eating whatever is in front of him. Like the thing gets set down and he takes it like almost uh, like claiming it. There's like, like this like alpha movie of just right. like, yeah, I'm eating this. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, yeah. There's nothing creepier than just chewing and staring and at the staring. same time. And then know? he gets super close to Jeff and then just burps. Yeah. <laughs> and then just laughs for like a solid 20 seconds right. or so. Like, as just, <laughs> and I think Drew even laughs a little bit. Yeah, like he's like, like kind of smiling about it. Because there's so much this movie that that you could play on a number of different ways. Like that could be a really, really chilling scene, like the mm-hmm. way you set it up. And it's not, it's played yeah. more for laughs, or whatever, which is fine. Cause like that's right. the tone of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you, you can see where there's horror buried under a lot of this. Right. Like at one point his, yeah, his neck wound is festering and oh, right. Drew yeah. like tries to cover it up with the bandage. Mm-hmm. Like it's all fine. Everything's fine. We didn't yeah, do anything yeah. wrong. Normal family dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. Chase starts to fortify his house. The uh, creepy dog Zowie is back. Uh, I had for, kind of forgotten about him for a while. Yeah. Um, Chase and 
then the housekeeper had this weird blue tinted sex scene and she says no I can't. That, that's the mom that's the mom okay see yeah yeah to your that's point of her looking yeah. exactly like it yeah like the, the fact like it makes you wonder i know there's there's a work print that was around that like had a little bit more um like gore in it and some other okay. stuff but it makes you wonder if there were more scenes with that storyline in there because got it it's for a thing to not deal with at all it's such a strange thing to have just sort of lingering there that this right. like thing, this, this woman that kind of looks like your mom, but is not is hanging around. Mm-hmm. Cause I, there were multiple times where I'm like, wait, Oh no, Who? that's the housekeeper. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I thought that the, the scene was pretty dumb until, uh, the wolf head appeared. And yes. I did kind of love that image. The image of the nude woman with the wolf head was just like, well, that needs to go on the side of a van. You right, know, yeah. right away, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's know? just like the way it's framed, where it's like you see this one. It's like, oh, he misses her, and then like, well, he's going to miss these. Yeah, and take exactly. Over. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, very made for teenage boys in the nineteen nineties. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yet another dream sequence with the with the wolf headed mom. You know, then we get more uh, kids on bikes. Clyde the bully is on like some sort of like mini bike. Now he starts chasing Jeff down the road again. They're they're enemies again because why not? Because why not? And like you know, we haven't seen Clyde since what the party or something Mm -hmm. like he could have just like you know disappeared for all i know he ends up uh shoving jeff off the road who lands rolls down the hill hurt he's about to shove jeff's face into a bike tire much i guess like the kitten that he referred to last time when gus shows up and tells jeff to just go home (laughs) and then he uses the dirt bike uh tire to just like drill into the bully's face Um, it seemed like on accident at first and then he kind of enjoyed it and went in for a second you know thrust so i mean it kind of made me made me wonder about like sort of the nature of the the revived in this is that because clancy brown like takes the like He's got the kid on his back, like on the ground and takes the kid's dirt bike and starts like revving it up and holding the tire close to his face. Like, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. terrorizing with it. Yeah. Uh, Well, he says just fucking with him. Yeah. Which is funny. And then, then the kid's scarf gets caught up in the bike somehow and like just starts like choking him. And then, then he's like, whoa. And I think maybe like, I think blood splatters at that blood point. Blood splatters like onto his face. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, well, I'm this far in. Why not? And yeah, just, exactly. You know, yeah. Continues to just like put it against his face. <laughs> so it kind of seems like that's the moment where Gus really gets is like, oh, I'm different now. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of feels like an awakening of sorts. Sure, that's where he, where well he he gets the taste for blood. Yeah, <laughs> here pretty much. Uh, uh, but unfortunately, uh, at the top of the hill, there's, there's Drew. He would watch <laughs> his stepdad murder a kid. <laughs> right. Drew makes it home, grabs a shotgun off the, off the wall. This did make me laugh. Gus pulls up in a police car and he calls out over the PA system. This is the police. Come out with your hands up. <laughs> to his own stepson, and that was pretty great. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, what, that's what I mean when, like, he's a little bit more of a slasher villain. Like, he, he starts getting a lot more, like, one-linery and clever about it. Yeah. He comes inside really quickly. He almost, like, Jason bilocates into the, into the home, grabs the gun out of Drew's hand, but not before, and I always pay attention to this when these scenes kind of happen, Drew pulls the trigger. So I'm always interested in the, like the intent, like he was about to shoot this guy. Yeah, He was willing to. Yeah. Yeah. Pulls the trigger. Doesn't work. (laughs) Somehow Gus had managed to remove the shotgun shells from the gun at some point. Doesn't matter when. Well, chances are he didn't have a loaded gun just hanging around his house. That's probably not a true American. Right. Yeah. Drew starts just running all over the house trying to get away. And uh, then his dog, uh, Zowie, starts chasing him as well. And, you know, once again, I'm just like, I'm kind of confused as to where the loyalties lie with the the dead animals brought back, much like Church in the first one. I think in this one in particular, it seems like the goal of the of the revived dead is get some more dead. Mm-hmm. Almost like the deadites from Evil Dead. Oh, sure. Uh, that, yeah. that brother, Because particularly as we get towards the end, that just seems like the goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then the mom rolls up. Drew's mom rolls up and he gets in the car with her and he's like. Trying to kill me! They peel out. Mm-hmm. 
And this chase scene is very strange because like it routinely will cut to the car and they don't look that concerned while they're in right, the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, he's still there. Oh, well. All right. Yeah. He pulls up alongside them, starts terrorizing them because he gets in his in his police. Uh, I love that shot thing. of yeah. him just laughing. Oh, and lest we forget, before they uh, pull away in the car, he totally like, I don't think he uses an axe, but he or he's using a hammer. He goes through the door, very Jack Torrance shining yes. style through the bedroom door. He pulls up alongside them and is, and is terrorizing that way. And then a big truck is coming. And I'm like, oh, no. I have Final Destination. Exactly. I'm like, Final Destination 2, oh no, it's a big logging truck. No, it is a potato truck. (laughs) He crashes them. (laughs) He crashes his wife and son into a potato truck. And the potatoes just crap was not prepared for potatoes. Yep. Do not like, I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but I just, (laughs) yeah, like a horrible thing just happened, but I am howling with laughter. It's funny. Yeah. I don't know. Dead by spuds. And he, he doesn't give like, he doesn't do a, a witty one-liner about it. He's just I know. Like, I, I mean, I was trying to think, you know, spuds, eyes, spuds for you. peels, yeah. you know, you're going to be peeling yourself up off the road. I don't know. Yeah. You know. I'd uh, hope you're dead. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> There's the winner. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why they didn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they they, just they like, didn't go for that. Right. But yeah, but he's like, oh, they're all dead. Mm-hmm. cool and then and then takes off well then he goes back and gets Clyde's body and zips him up in a body bag yes and he's like I'm taking you up to the hill so right. he knows what caused this and he's yeah. gonna bring back Clyde for right I, maybe Clyde is the son he always wanted he's like yeah, yeah there you're, you go you're a tough yeah. bully that's right. cool <laughs> Jeff's dad sees on the news that the <laughs> that the family has died and also Clyde is missing it, it's just one of those like really funny like information delivery yeah. moments from the news yeah, like unrelated this is yeah, yeah also happened in our small sleepy town. Yeah, um, and, and of course the housekeepers they're watching alongside and like, "Oh, that's terrible. Right, Don't forget yeah. I'm still in this movie." Yeah. He goes upstairs to see a pouting uh furlong who is like setting out his mother's clothes. Yeah, he's like up in the attic. Right. He is he has started his journey to become Crispin Glover. There like you he's go. wearing a he's wearing a black suit that it's he like a tuxedo. He's putting uh, dead mother's clothes on stuff. Which seems <laughs> right. I don't think Crispin Glover's ever done that. But if I heard that Crispin Glover did that, you'd be like, Well yeah. Yeah, that's I can see that, that tracks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he full on just tells his dad that I'm going to bring her back. Like I'm going to bring her back from the dead. Yeah. It's Jeff's journey kind of is, is real weird. Cause the, the movie kind of stops having him be the main character at a certain mm-hmm. point. You're really yeah, following yeah, him along. True. And then he just kind of gets shoved in the background. And like some of the decisions he makes don't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And you could, you could toss him them off. It's like, well, he's a, he's a dumb teenager, but he starts getting like really obsessed with this because he's seen people come back from the dead. And again, yeah. you saw what they came back as. Right. And you're like, you know, who would be, good at that is my mom mm-hmm. is she would she would somehow not be a murderous zombie yeah I mean, I guess, well, to, be, to be fair he doesn't know that they murdered but um that's true but it's know. it's the classic just grief thing like well if i do it it'll be fine it'll be you know, it'll, it'll totally be, be different fine. yeah but he's like yeah she's gonna want all this stuff when she comes back Chase gets called away to the cemetery to find out that his wife has been exhumed and Gus definitely did it. The cemetery worker is at this point does say what you referred to before. It's the weirdest thing to happen since Lewis dug up his boy uh, referencing the first film. Yeah, because um, it's like, yeah, he 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 dug her up, too. And so, like, my first thought as a kind of reference to is like, oh, is he just going to try to, like, create this family for himself? Oh, yeah. And kind of but not i mean it doesn't really go into that too much mm-hmm. but what i like is that at this point like you find out that her body's gone and then you get this very very strange almost dream sequence mm-hmm. with edward furlong like still in a suit traversing the woods oh and going yeah up to the to the pet cemetery and it is so unbelievably phony compared to what you saw before sure but it works yeah yeah because it makes it just much more sort of surreal and strange because he goes mm-hmm. up to like where the graveyard is and it seems like there's just there's just a painted backdrop for this yep. like this is clearly on a set totally and like i love that kind of stuff though <laughs> yeah it definitely feels like more like old 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 school horror kind of thing mm-hmm and yeah, there's Clancy Brown. He like points him off to, to the direction yes. of where his mom is. And like he walks by this tree and all of a sudden he's in this like field of grass where his mom is buried. Mm-hmm. And it's all very strange. But then they Gus is like, you bury your own. 
so then what my initial thought of like well gus made this family no that's out the window now now it's some big weird thing <laughs> right it makes it seem like maybe when asked later about it and we'll get there when it happens gus has a different answer but this seems like this like that raising her is this bigger deal for the cause rather mm-hmm. than just for edward furlong sure that, like this this is important that he bring her back and and all this and right because she has some sort of myth attached it's, it's really unclear why jeff is like okay yeah mm-hmm. i'm on board with i mean i understand why he would want to dig up his mom but why gus is like their relationship why is why are they cool with each other now and all that now yeah well because you know he used to date yeah i guess <laughs> Housekeeper later goes upstairs and finds the mom's dress that uh, Jeff had laid out, and she's, you know, weirdly drawn to it. She's hypnotized by this dress. Exactly. There's a movie with Mad Chinamick, uh, Shelly from Twin Peaks. Uh, it's I'm Dangerous Tonight, where, like, she wears what a dress a that name. makes her go insane. A murderous red dress. Ooh. And so I just thought of that, where it's just like, she's just obsessed with this item of clothing. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like, oh, the, she was my favorite movie star. I want to be just like her, single white right. female Exactly. It's just like, I'm going to look good in this dress. I'm putting this on right now. So it's yeah. like, is the dress calling to her? I, mm-hmm. It's a very, very strange thing. But in doing so, Renee shows up. Mm-hmm. And I like, I kind of like this reveal. She's in the, she's in one of those, like uh, sitting in front of a, um, a vanity, a vanity. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, with like the three mirrors. And you see this figure behind her, like smash the mirror. And they don't yes. show Renee's face right away, which I, right. I like that. Smash the mirror and like hold up a shard of glass to, to yeah. her throat. Chase the dad is on his way to Gus's house. He's attacked by uh, Zowie the dog and ends up shooting it with a pistol. Inside, he finds Gus building something, which he just replies that he's building a doggy door. Which yeah, I love that because he's funny. Yeah, the dog is dead. He's like, well, I was building a doggy door. Right. (laughs) Perfect. How dare Um, you? And... uh, to Chase's credit, he just shoots Gus where he stands. Yeah. So, like, I'm kind of glad that there was no him and haw, and he was just like, nope, I am going to point this gun at you and shoot and before you can pontificate at me or whatever. Yeah, um, but then... But, but it but doesn't that does affect not, him. Yeah, it does not stop yeah. Gus. I hate it when that happens, he says. Right, And then yes. there's a great back and forth here. Why did you dig up my wife? Because <laughs> I wanted to fuck her. Yes. I was not prepared for that bluntness yeah. of this movie. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, then they fight a little bit, and then Clancy Brown he pulls out a drill. Oof. Yeah, yeah. And it's gonna it is gonna put it in Chase's head, and he tells him, "No brain, no pain." Anthony Edwards ends up shooting him in the head, putting right. him down. He he manages to put one bullet back in his revolver, and it's almost like a Russian roulette type yeah. of situation where he keeps clicking the hammer, trying to like hope that he gets a bullet in the chamber. But Gus is just cackling the entire time, and he doesn't really seem to care. Yeah. Until he does finally get the back of his head blown out by this, by this. I think there's a certain amount of that where, where it's that, that that's sort of Gus's thing is that he just doesn't care anymore. It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I've, I've already died once. Who, who gives a shit? Yeah. This is bonus time. Uh, so yeah, exit Clancy Brown. Jeff goes running upstairs and uh, mom is back in all of her glory. She's all like lit beautifully in the attic and everything. And, uh, they've got all these like, you know, white sheer, blinds flowing in the area very very uh music video style made me think of mm-hmm. uh, well i mean tony scott the hunger oh, sure. but also you know meatloafs i will do anything for love <laughs> so yeah chase gets home to find uh marjorie completely gored through the face with a glass yeah. shard sees mom and jeff embracing on the bed and she says you know we can make it work this time uh she's looking pretty good for a yeah, corpse totally especially fine. you know totally you know especially I don't get the impression that the whole, like, uh, the fresh corpse logic is, like, a thing in this movie. No. Um, but she's back and looking pretty looks radiant. Looks normal. Looks completely mm-hmm. just fine. Like, no, I mean, you'd think that, you know, obviously, big big Hollywood star, they got the money to, uh, you know, have a nice funeral. But, like, there, there was a serious burn on her face. I don't know how they just covered yes. it up, but mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. She just looks perfect and He's alive now, I guess. Tells Jeff to go downstairs, so he opens the door, and who's back? It's, it's Clyde, Clyde, because we need a we need a dumb fight yeah. scene here. Clyde is pointlessly back. Hey, Junior. Shit. Wanna play? Comes at all of them with an axe, while the mom starts laughing. Yeah. All these motivations are, are getting really murky at this point. Fine. Uh, they all roll around fighting. Uh, she starts a fire for some reason. 
also didn't know why she. Yeah, that was a that was not not well thought through. <laughs> right. Uh, Furlong manages to shove an electrical cord into Clyde's mouth, which makes his head yes. blow up. So at least we got yeah. that out. You need of it, little. You, know? you got the glowing cheek effect. Yeah. Uh, now the mom's face is starting to come apart a little bit. Uh, must have been, you know, the uh, the embalmers. Like yeah, work, the, the like wax they the, shoved the side in there, of her face. I guess. The yeah. wax, right. Yeah. Jeff finally realizes this that this might have been a bad idea, and he tries to axe down the door uh, and uh, ends up saving his dad. Yeah, which I love because she's like, don't go. And and I'm like, he's kind of torn, but then the dad's like, she's not your mom. Jeff, she's not your mom. Let's go. And then just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> I like how like, <laughs> and that's it. That's your wife. You know, I know you were estranged, but he's like, don't care. Uh, yeah, we got to get out. She does start screaming. Stay with me. And that is better. <laughs> in the first one, dead is better was a warning thing. Was Judd going like, leave it alone. Exactly. Dead's better. But this mm-hmm. just makes it seem like being dead rules. Come and join. And again, I like I feel like the Deadites, too. where it's like, no, come join the party. Like we want, we want to kill everybody mm-hmm. and make them all into, right. into us and and whatever. It has a very different yeah. feel to it. It was almost like they they thought of it as a throwback line that they wanted to include yeah. first, without like really thinking through the connotation of what it. it yeah, means. and just like the, her inclusion, all this is sort of like the big bad. Just seems so strange and and, and a bit forced. Mm-hmm. Where right. you've been fighting again these two bullies. And then, like, what, is your mom the ultimate bully? Like, I, just thematically, it's just this, this separate thing. And again, like, this sort of like, oh, here's all this sure toxic masculinity of sorts. And then, like, and then your mom is also sucks. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. There's just, like, all these themes and, and things that could be interesting that just kind of, no, no, we're just going to get weird with it. But it does, it just yeah. feels like because Jeff has been taken out of the picture largely to focus on mm-hmm. Drew and his dad and, and all that, like, this kind of, oh, yeah, and his mom died. Don't forget about that. Just, it doesn't, it doesn't right. feel that cohesive. Yeah, exactly. I do love this ending, though. It's kind of like Blade Runner ending, uh, taking the car out on a, uh, a highway into the forest. And we get our own little in memoriam. Yes. Made your a job visual easy. Yeah. in memoriam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they flash through the faces of everybody who died in yeah. the movie, which was pretty and they fantastic. Get a little cami- like, a, like in a little cameo shaped thing on, this, on the side. Oval. Yeah. And they're smiling, mm-hmm. remembering happier times. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, well, I just felt like, I don't know, the end credits to Dune, to David Lynch's Dune. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Where it's like, meet the players. Right. Yeah. Meet the players who died. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that concludes Pet Cemetery Part 2. I recommend people watch this thing if you haven't. It's, it's so just goofy and fun. It's a worse movie, but it is more entertaining. I, yeah, I, I would say that. Yeah. So much looser than the first one. Doesn't have the atmosphere of the first one, which is always what I come mm-hmm. back to with that movie. But this one is just a complete tonal shift yeah. and it's absolutely worth it's, checking yeah. out. It's it's a difference. Like to me, it's a difference between like a movie that you would go to see in a theater versus like something you'd rent and watch with your friends. You know? Oh, completely. Even though the movie already did it for us, let's go ahead and honor our dead. Renee Matthews, played by Darlan Flagell electrocuted in on-set accident. Sheriff Gus Gilbert, played by Clancy Brown, throat torn out by dog. Clyde Parker, played by Jarrett Rushton. Clyde Parker, played by Jarrett Rushton, head flayed by dirt bike tire. Drew Gilbert, played by Jason McGuire, killed in car accident with potato truck. Amanda Gilbert, played by Lisa Waltz, also killed in car accident with potato truck. Marjorie Hargrove, played by Sarah Trigger, stabbed in the eye with glass shard. So yeah, um, Clancy Brown, the standout star of this for me. I'll think of his performance often. Could have done with a little less kittens in peril, but at the same time, if you're signing up to watch a Pet Cemetery movie, there's going to be a little bit of uh, animals in danger that you kind of got to be okay with. But uh, well, and I like the shift to to a dog. Because I mean, like, I, I I know it's just easy to be like, oh, Cujo, but like, I, sure. I think that's a more terrifying thing. Like, I I used to work for a uh, uh, guy had this, uh, uh, I don't know what kind of dog it was, like a big husky or something. Is uh, Frost the Shetty Yeti? Love that guy. But like, I was I was playing with the dog and like. 
I'm like, this thing could just tear out my throat right now. If it just got like yeah. too excited. <laughs> right. And, uh-huh. um, yeah. So just that, that, that like a cat is mean in its own way, but, uh, like dogs right. are big and powerful. And so I like that, that aspect of it. And I kind of wish they'd done a little bit more with that. But again, like I said, you know, you don't want to get too much into Cujo uh, territory. Right. And yeah, it, it's just, I, I could use maybe like one less dream sequence and one more bike chase. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, there's there's lots of things that I can think of that would make this movie quote unquote better, mm-hmm. but it might lose the charm yeah. because it might go too far into being a good movie. Yeah. You know, like somehow exploring the relationship between Edward Furlong and the housekeeper and the mother and all that kind of stuff might not have been the most entertaining, but it would have been like a better. Yeah, you movie, you I could suppose. you could absolutely like go ahead and remake this remake Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Just call it Pet Cemetery too, just based on nothing. <laughs> sure, get, make it. A, make it a deeper film and that might be that might be interesting but yeah like mm-hmm. this is definitely like just a a more b-movie thing and and it it knows it you know what i mean like it has no pretensions yeah. about it yeah it's got it's got problems but i i was entertained give it a watch everyone uh before we sign off i wanted to read a letter from a listener uh this was sent in to us by adam lindeman and he says, uh, dear Monsieur Strayer and Myers, uh, longtime listener, first time writer, love the pod. When I heard in the Pumpkinhead wrap up episode that your next franchise will be Pet Cemetery, my mind immediately went to two things. Clancy Brown killing somebody by removing his face with a spinning motorcycle tire <laughs> in Pet Cemetery 2. And arguably more importantly, the Ramones song that closes out the original, which leads me to my question. What other great songs done for a horror movie by a popular band are out there and do any of them compare to Pet Cemetery by the Ramones and he signs off by saying coming a long way from Baghead Adam so thanks so much for writing in uh that was a lot of fun to get and of course it made me need to rack my own brain look up a few uh, uh, songs online. I didn't cheat too much, but I did try to remember a few off the top of my head before I went fully uh, into Google. But um, I don't know, man. There's, It's hard to beat the Ramones yeah, as song. Far as like and like I said, I'm one. not even that big of a Ramones fan. But yeah, as far as the best one, like, man, that song is still stuck in my head mm-hmm. a good month after I watched that first movie. Yeah. Uh, but did you come up with any that uh, you were partial well, to? I remembered, I remembered right away that from, uh, I'm certainly not partial to it, but uh, the the Alice Cooper, he's back, the man behind the mask from yep. Friday the 13th Part uh, Part 6, Jason Lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the that was a big one. And of course, Dream Warriors by Dawkins. That has to be the best one. I mean, if we, if we, if, if we go past the Ramones, leaving out the Ramones. Yeah. I think it's Dawkins dream warriors, especially with that music video too, which is like a full tie in to, you know, arguably the best nightmare on Elm Mm -hmm. street sequel for my money. That Dawkins song is fantastic. I still haven't seen that movie, Um, but I enjoy the song. Ooh. Yeah. Um, you know, motorhead did a song for hellraiser three. Just called just Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Like Ozzy Osbourne also had a Hellraiser, but I guess let me beat him to the punch on that. Um, exactly. It is in Hellraiser yeah. 3. Yes. Uh, but we watched that movie Trick or Treat. You know, we, we had that, that oh, string yes. of like, that black maybe roses. not string, but yeah, exactly. Uh, we watched a few like heavy metal uh, horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that stuff. So yeah, Trick or Treat by Fastway. Yeah. Um, I, did, I did not know that Jay Giles band did a Fright Night song that was that was featured. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I just I'm I don't like the Jay Giles not band. familiar with I, it, so I right. reject the, their works. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, another one like Iggy Pop did a mm, it's it's okay. Why was I born from uh, Freddy's Dead? Mm. But uh, you know I'm not as familiar with Freddy's Dead as I am uh, Dream Warriors. There's also like the one the one that I found that is is probably bottom of the barrel uh as far as like the big the big ones go is is laz rocket leatherface they did a song from the the, uh (laughs) part three and i think it's because it's l a a z but both a's have umlauts on them and i don't know if that like cancels each other out like double negative or something if it's like lays or or whatever Uh i don't know how to read but i mean honestly and we we didn't talk about it enough but I, I would say, I mean, the Ramones are good, but for my, my money, the best one has got to be Roger Clinton's song at the end of Blood Wings. Blood 
there that you go. is that's mm-hmm. the the peak the pinnacle <laughs> of, of human right. expression frankly oh yeah. right that's true that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it does make me miss an era of of music video uh, tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Like, we just don't get that kind of thing anymore, you know. Um, well, gosh, it's not so much a horror movie, but it's horror adjacent. But let us not forget the MC Hammer rap for The Addams okay. Family. I was going to say that as a joke, because I'm like, well, there's no way he's going to say this. So I'll just say something <laughs> stupid, like MC Hammer from Addams Family. But they do what they want right. to do, say what they want to say. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But, but I do, you know, especially when it comes to horror movies, like it's going to be hair metal or old, like eighties, nineties mm-hmm. metal bands or like hard rock type of stuff. So that's automatically fun. I mean, I did look up uh wasp had a movie or had a, had a song in ghoulies too. <laughs> scream until you like it, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I love this kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, the the all the all the tie-ins, uh, especially like old metal stuff. But yeah, Dokken has to take the yeah uh, outside of the, the Ramones because I think yeah to me. to me the Ramones are out there. But then probably my next would be would be Dokken. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, thanks for the letter, Adam. Uh, that was uh, very nice to get, and thanks for listening. Yeah. So. In uh, two weeks' time, we are going to take a look at the. Pet Cemetery remake from I believe it was 2019. I know I watched it once. I can barely remember a single thing mm-hmm. about it. Well, that's so good. I that's don't know probably. how yeah, if that bodes well yeah. or not. Um so I hope you will all will uh stay on board for yeah, that. I'm I'm, I'm uh, honestly a little bummed that we might be getting serious again. Oh, you know that's I mean? a good like, point. I, I love a good like I love a good serious horror movie, like an, an honest, you know, but yeah. like this was so goofy and kind of I'm like, oh I have that's to That's a good point. I have to it's like it's I don't know, it's it's having dessert and then being like, Well, okay, now I gotta go have steak again, I guess. Oh, I'll take a steak. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um Pet Cemetery twenty nineteen. I can't remember what service that's on. It might be paramount i think it's plus on paramount because plus, that's what the currently. new one yeah. is on but who knows that, that could sense. change at any moment well, i was just gonna say right because yes. of our wonderful world it could yeah it could be removed at any time so you know hurry up and watch it as soon as you hear this just in case it gets <laughs> <Yeah>. removed <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a pumpkin head situation getting removed from two yeah. on our hands but yes until then uh check us out on instagram at this may hurt a bit pod uh, heard a bit pod on YouTube and email us at this may hurt a bit pod at gmail.com. And if you have a moment, drop us a five star review that kind of helps with the old yeah. algorithm that we're all fighting to be a part of and away from. So, um, <laughs> if you enjoy it, five stars, no less, please. But until then, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Good night. Good night. This has been a Two Penguins Media production. It was produced by James Strayer and edited by John C. Myers. Logo by Ethan Kimberling and music by Michael Arthur Holloway, who you can find on Bandcamp. Follow us on Instagram at ThisMayHurtABitPod and on Twitter at HurtABit. Email us at ThisMayHurtABit at gmail.com. And if you are so inclined, rate and review us on your favorite podcast app, and we'll see you next time.